Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. All right, all right. That brought some energy to my life. We both needed a little freshen upper before we get going in this conversation. You're looking good these days, Dana Shay. Thank you, lady. That intro was fire. I was like, okay. <laughs> Who am I? Who, where did I, I come like, from? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you. It actually reminded me when I was listening, looking at the trailer of the show, I need to connect you with Montel Jordan. You know, this is how we do it. That's yes, who yes, that yes. was. And wow. him and his wife have an incredible marriage ministry. I've heard. Um, yeah. So, okay. Okay. Check one. We've done one thing. We're accomplished already in this conversation. I'm going to make yeah. that happen. That's a divine appointment. Dana, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for being on the show for the second time. Uh, this is a huge difference than the first time, which was almost four years ago, three-ish oh years God. ago. Yeah, we're in wow. season four now. And we were in person and I had this like, wink rink dink webcam and it was still fun though i mean we were at, we were going after it <laughs> it was it was it was great so here we are and i'm excited to just share like the then and now at that time you are we're pastoring you're still pastoring but in a different way and so sharing that and then also the evolution of you being a relationship and marriage coach Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, you know, Tamara, it's so funny because I just I had memories of that first podcast. And one of the things that I think so often we wait until everything is perfect in order to start. And you didn't. And me coming into that environment, I was like, wow, this is so nice. You know, because <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. nice then, too. It's just funny to see the difference. But you're right. right. I mean, like how you've grown and just like, I don't know. I just remember that first experience. It was important for me to be on your show for many reasons, because one, I had this idea of a podcast in my mind, but it was just an idea. And so to be able to actually see it happening in real time and being a guest on your show and seeing like how that was manifesting. It was just really, really important for me. And so I think just off the bat, I just want to encourage people to not wait until you have it all together and until it looks professional and all of those things. When I first launched my podcast, we did it in my closet. Like literally there were clothes all around. And so I never went on video because my closet (laughs) is a disaster. (laughs) I love that. I'm never going to show anybody this. But it was a dream and I decided, you know what, it's it's time. Let's just go for it. Yeah. I mean, we could end the podcast right there because that is such a nugget for so many people who are listening live and coming on later because it really is about that concept of progression. And that was actually one of the first books that I read for like a self-help professional development book, um, Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nequist. I can never say your last name right. Mm -hmm. And 
that was right before I launched my podcast. I started thinking about writing a book. I developed core and it was just one of those moments where I'm like, this is my life. I'm literally waiting for everything to be just right. When I could just say right now is just right. That's right. It's so good. So talk to us about that evolution, even just the podcast conversation. I think that's a huge component of what you do and how you show up in the world now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was kind of, it it happened organically and intentionally. I like to say that because, (laughs) you know, um, because some people are like, I think it's just supposed to happen just so, you know, and it doesn't usually happen the way that you think it's supposed to happen. But I had just been like dishing out all of this marriage advice for free, just because, you know, people would be attracted to our story and what God has brought us through in our own marriage. And so I was like, you know, I really need to work more efficiently because I'm saying the same thing to all of these different people. Why not have a resource where they can go and I can just point people to that resource. And so that was really the, um, the starting point of the podcast was really starting it to be a resource. I've also always wanted to kind of have like my own radio show or talk show. And so it's so much fun. It is literally the most fun that I have all week is producing my show. But I think, you know, when I, um, as a pastor, there's lots of things that I'm privy to as far as marriage counseling and pastoral care and all of those things. And I was finding that so many of these stories were the same. And I was like, okay, Lord, what is the root issue of what people are dealing with? And so that's really what we go after on my podcast is really helping people to talk about like those root issues, not like the little things, not the little symptoms of the problems, but like, what are the root issues? And so again, really just developing a central place for people to be able to come. Some people can't always afford coaching or they don't think they can, right? We'll talk about that. Yeah. But- <laughs> no, they don't think they can. They can. But so that's just a launch pad for people to find out a little bit about me, to find out about what I do, and then to get some really great, you know, tips from not only myself, but from the guests that I bring on the show as well. Yeah, that's powerful. And I I've loved watching the evolution of it too. And knowing that it's like that much fun for you, I think is what should inspire people to try and get outside of their comfort zone. And if there's a little piece of you that wants that, you know, late night show or that Oprah show or any of the the things that we always look at afar thinking it's so unattainable, but they started in a closet too, somewhere, somehow, some component of them, right? And so I love that you went after it. And it's also one of my favorite things that I get to do just from a perspective of quality time, because we don't really just sit. I mean, even like I said, at the beginning of the show, we both sat down at the four o'clock hour to start this and we were both like, okay, we're here, we're present, right? And, And we are, but it takes you a while to get there. And so actually leaning in and saying yes. And also my business brain was going as you were talking and I'm like, oh, a resource. Like she needs to have a marriage app You need to create an app where all of these conversations are in there for more of a quick experience for people to get access to them. So we'll talk about that another time. We're here to talk about what we've done business coaching in the past, but not specifically what's happening in the future. So do you want to talk to people about maybe one of the specific tools or resources or just training methodologies that I helped kind of instill in your activation? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that you helped me to do is really learn the power of automation. You know, a lot of people get really stuck on all of the little details and there's so many details and creating a business and sustaining a business. And it can be overwhelming when you're doing all of these things manually. And so I know every time, you know, we would meet or we would have a session or whatever, it was like, oh, I use this program. I use this platform. I use this. And you have all of these things working for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like when I finally got the concept of like, 
you can create your own little assistant in a sense by using all of these automated tools. And so that was a game changer for me because I was definitely doing all the things manually. And once I really got hold of, okay, I don't have to be doing so much work. It's about working smarter, not harder. And so once I learned, I can automate a lot of these systems, then I can save the time for what I'm really great at, which is creating and, you know, um, again, providing resources and praying and ministering and all of those types of things. I don't have to be spending three hours on an email sequence. Yeah, yeah. That's really good information. And as you're talking, I don't think that we've been connected since I did the wealth dynamic test as much. Have you heard about this test? No. Okay. Uh -uh. So I know, you know, Enneagram and things like that, but you need to take wealth dynamic because you mentioned a couple of things just in that conversation. And the wealth dynamics is uh, teaches you what is your best role in generating wealth? And so you mentioned being a creator, which very well may be what you are. Creator, star, lord, mechanic, and supporter are the five archetypes. And um, I'm a star. And so same thing for me. I needed to create or I needed to have in support of my team these lords and mechanics, people who are like really good at spreadsheets or creating these automations. And so I always find myself drawn to those types of programs and even those types of people uh, to help because I'm like, I don't want to do the numbers thing. I don't want to play with KPIs. I don't want to track systems because the people that I'm most drawn to are creators, supporters, and stars because we make we make magic. But mm -hmm. if you think about it from the other lens, the Lord and mechanics make that magic happen. Right. And so um, all very critical. So talk to me through what would you say, because you mentioned it briefly to the person who says like, I can't afford automation or I can't afford a coach. Um, I know that that's often a conversation in the church. And so maybe you can parallel your pastoral understanding of abundance and prosperity towards this coaching concept. Yeah. I mean, I have two things. First of all, you know, we can afford what we want to afford, like literally. And I'm not saying that to be snarky. I'm really <laughs> love it. You are a little snarky, <laughs> but we like that too. But, but the truth is, is like when people realize that they have more power than they realize, when you realize that like, if you have a dream, if you have a God-given dream, God is going to provide the way for that dream to be accomplished. And so when someone says, I can't afford a coach, I'm like, well, then is this a God dream or, or is this just something that you're coming up with? Because if it's a God dream, he's going to give you the money to invest. And that word invest is important because it's not just you paying for someone to teach you some tricks. I mean, anybody can go on Google or YouTube and find tricks. Like that's not the thing, but you're really investing in yourself when you, when you hire a coach. And I think the other thing too, practically speaking, is work your way backwards. Like I remember the first time, the first time ever, it was probably seven, eight years ago, maybe longer than that, 2013, I think around that time, when I started realizing that I had come to the end of myself. Like, okay, I've taken myself as far as I can go. I need to hire a coach. And I remember the first business coach that I reached out to, this was long before I knew you, Tamara. Um, and she gave me her price and I was like, she might as well told me it was $500 million. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's there's no possible way. And it just seems so insurmountable to me. And so, you know, looking back at that, I'm looking at, I'm sure she charges more now, but looking back, I'm like, that was nothing. That was nothing. It was peas yeah. in a bucket, you know, but it was my mindset. And so it's difficult for people to really be able to grasp this idea of needing a coach if you see yourself as small. So work your way backwards. How much money would you like to make? Like, and not, you know, I want to make a million dollars a year. Okay, great. But like this year, you know, maybe yeah. a realistic yeah, yeah, yeah. number, right? And then ask yourself, is that amount 
what, first of all, if I invest that amount, how quicker could I get to that goal? You know, if you're paying $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 for a coach, but you want to make $100,000 a year, well, then that's just, that's percentages. You yeah, know, totally. Small, small yeah. And yeah. So- I think that's a funny part is the valuation understanding of, of yourself. How much yeah. do you value yourself? Are you worth it? Are you worth paying towards it? Because we're worth it enough to go get our hair done. We're worth it enough to go get our nails done on a weekly, biweekly basis. And so I think that if we change the perspective on that costs so much, to I'm now investing in order to make so much or live and do that thing that I really am called to do. It changes. It really changes the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is no one really likes to spend money. Like I, well, I won't say no one. <laughs> I don't like to spend money. I, I love to save money. I love to see money in my account, right? I'm like, that's awesome, you know? And so we can hold on to money Because we feel like, well, oh my gosh, if I release that to this person, then I'm somehow going to lose out. So it then goes back to that scarcity mentality. Like, do you really feel like this is all the money that you're ever going to have? Or are you willing to tap into the abundance mindset that says there's so much more out there and this little amount that I'm holding on to? It's kind of like, you know, as a pastor, we talk about tithing all the time, right? (laughs) And so when people are like, I can't give 10% of my income to a church. Well, that's the wrong mindset. You're looking at giving 10% of your income to a church, to people, so that those people can go off and do whatever they're going to do with it. But when you look and think bigger, as I'm investing a portion of my God-given resources to further advance his kingdom, well, then now that's a whole different story. Then that's when then tithing and giving becomes fun. And it's the same way in business. You know, if you think, oh, I, I can't afford to give that money to Tamara. Tamara's got enough money already, you know, but when you think of I'm actually giving or investing a portion of my resources to make myself better so that in the long run, I'm going to actually have more. I'm going to walk into a new level of abundance because I chose to sow the seed in the beginning. Yeah. And honestly, I think that that's where it all starts. I mean, even for my own self, when I invested in a coach for my, my, my prices are, are expensive. My coach way more expensive. (laughs) And I was like feeling that feeling all over again of what it felt like to first invest in myself at a new level. And my throat got tight and my stomach got in knots. And I'm like, I don't have this money. And the same exact conversation, I have to consistently give myself and my husband has to, sweet thing, consistently encourage me through in the knowing that it's going to have a multiplication factor. Mm-hmm. And so what little you might think you've invested thus far or what magnitude you think you've in- invested such this far, sorry, I'm stumbling on my words, is I can actually track the trajectory of that growth. It's no different than putting money into ad spend, right? I was talking with people earlier about Facebook ad spend and people are always looking to like make 10x, right? Everything's 10x. You want 10x that if it's a good investment. But really the first goal is to make one to one. Mm-hmm. It's to say, I've invested a hundred and I get a hundred back. I've invested a thousand. I get a thousand back. I've invested 10,000. I want 10,000 back. That's all amazing and notable, but we serve a God who is a multiplication God and his desire is to exceedingly and abundantly show off for us. Mm-hmm. But if we're not willing to invest because it feels scary, and that means we're not getting out of the boat and therefore he can't show you that you can walk on water yeah. and he can't show you his ability. Yeah. And it's like, what's the, what, what is the, what is the other option? 
You know, like I hired a nutrition coach because, and I'm plant-based. Like I know all the things. It's not an, this is why, like, I remember again, early, early when I first kind of started in business, I was like, I just want somebody to tell me what to do. Just show me the tools and I will do it. I didn't realize that it was, my mind was all jacked up. And my coach at the time would say things like, you know, I could show you guys exactly what to do. And I was like, well, then do it, you know, but she wasn't because she realized that she would be basically casting her pearls amongst the swine. When I got to the end of myself and realized that all of my YouTube videos and all of my Google knowledge was not working, it's not getting me to the level that I need to be where I want to be health wise. I was like, I need to invest in a, in a nutrition coach. And honestly, I didn't care how much she charged because I, I looked at her, her stats and I believed in what she's doing. And I was like, let's do it. And again, that I never would have made that decision, a decision like that, five, not even five years ago, maybe not even three, four years ago. But yeah. when you get to the end of yourself and you realize you've taken yourself as far as you can go now, if you want to advance, some people don't really want to advance. Let's just yeah, be honest. That's good. Hey, they do, but they really don't. They're yeah. afraid. And so they'll stay stuck and God will let you sit there for yeah. five or 10 years. It's so true. <laughs> and then you invest. Uh, that's what he did with the Israelites in Egypt, y'all, right? It's like this knowing of Exodus. We're all like, yes, we've made it this far. And so this far is good enough. Yeah. I've got the manna. I'm comfortable here. And yet he's like, there is a land of milk and honey. And I don't mean to associate coaching is the entrance point of that. I think you've said it really beautifully is the knowing that honestly, it's more about thyself, right? It's like that inward work. It's that mindset work that's associated to coaching because you've put in money. You feel like there needs to be this outcome factor, which there should be. But what I found is the higher that investment is, the more I show up and the more the other people show up for that exchange. Mm -hmm. And therefore the multiplication factor is that much more abundant because they're actually doing the work. You were a part of um, the membership program, Core Creatives, which was a community of rooted entrepreneurs. This podcast hasn't heard too much about that experience, um, but that was how I really launched into coaching was through a membership program. And uh, I have found in since ending that program, the differentiation between the people who were coming to like collaborate and communicate and hang out than those who were actually looking to grow and affect change and create a movement and build a business really had a lot to do with the investment that they were willing to put in. Talk mm. to me about like that experience in core uh, and even maybe that perspective. Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with the first, the first category, right? I think you just, percent. To, you just need to know your goals. And I think yeah, I even yeah. said to you at some point, Tamara, I was like, I'm good where I'm at. Like I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly content. You know, everybody doesn't want to build a $10 million a year business and that's okay. And so I think that knowing your goals again, like knowing what is important to you, what do you feel like God has called you to do? I'm a full-time pastor. And so I know that I have time constraints that I can devote to my business. And so when I think of what are the things that I really want to do. Then again, as I was talking about working my way backwards, I'm like, how much money do I want to make? And then the investments start to make sense or they don't make sense. There are some things that I'm not going to invest in, not just not because I don't feel I'm worthy or not because I don't think it's a good idea, but because that might not be where I'm where I'm heading. And so I think that, you know, with anything in life, we always value more what we put in. 
And this is why, again, you know, when I first started out in business, I was doing everything for free because I'm like, but this is ministry. Like people have needs, you know, and and I don't feel right charging. But what I didn't realize is I'm staying up, taking time away from my family, studying, researching, writing, putting together content. I'm doing all of this stuff and no one's paying me for that. And then I'm just casting it out there to people who are not investing. I'm asking them to read stuff. They're right, right. falling apart. And I'm like, please, please, I will pay, I'll pay you. Yes, yes. Just read this. And it's ridiculous. And so it's just being comfortable with where you really are, being really honest with yourself about where you are and where you want to go. And then realizing, though, that like we said, if you really want to go higher, then it does take more of more investment. I mean, that's a biblical principle, right? We reap what we sow. And so if we're going to sow a little bit, like, again, back to the tithing principle, people are like, well, why do I have to give 10%? Well, you don't, you know, we're not under the old covenant, but new covenant is actually more stringent. New covenant's like, give it all away. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And this is like a concept that's been hard. And I'm, I'm not, I actually don't really talk about it a lot um, because it, it feels like, to, to be honest, maybe a component of shame, which is really weird. I'm processing this out loud with you guys, but um, my business has done really beautifully well. And because of that, I've been able to grow a team. And I've been able to pour into that team with the finances that this company makes. I haven't taken a dollar from this company mm. and it, I reinvest it every single time into the mission. I bring on new team members. I do different educated learning for myself, extended opportunities. I will go, I will pay to go speak on someone's stage. And that's opposite than what a lot of people say, but I am so sold out to this mission that at the end of the day, if the business flops, the mission and the movement will not Mm -hmm. because of the seeds that we've planted. And additionally, I have been blessed in the fact that financially we are able to sustain a home without me needing to bear, you know, a, a big income into that. Now, would it be nice? Would I like to pay? I've had a lot of pride issues associated to the fact that I I want to pay for my kid's school. This is something I've said since day one. Like, I want to be the one to stroke that check. I want to be one to pay rent. And I've honestly struggled with this since I've been with my husband since we were dating. And it's something he was constantly like, why are you so fixated on being the provider? And I honestly think it's associated to growing up and feeling like I needed to have that, that role in order to be successful. And as I have become more and more disconnected from money, which is something I am constantly working with, it's, I don't need it to be fueled. Like I don't need it to make impact. I don't need it. God doesn't need it. God is bigger than your bank account. He is bigger than your ability. And so the more that I lean on him and I allow him to precede me into situations, into experiences, he comes back tenfold. He comes back a hundredfold. He's come back a thousandfold in so many blessings, even within my marriage, because I was able to release this need for making money, right? You get on Clubhouse and there's like seven figure, nine figure, 12 figure earners. And I'm like, Wow, that's amazing. Am I less than because I don't have that? And so I love that you're sharing like maybe where you're at is where you're supposed to be. 
or maybe where you're at is the right placement and you don't need to do those things. However, there's always an opportunity to level up what God has given you Mm -hmm. because you still have breath and therefore there's still intentional movement and purpose in that. And so always look to expand yourself. It doesn't have to be with money. It could be with a mentor rather than a coach, somebody who's free and willing to give you information. Um, But even in my marriage, I always want to expand and you're constantly giving free resources in addition to paid opportunities for people to do that. And so I hope that meets someone. I don't know why I felt convicted to share that, but. No, that's really good, Tamara. So talk us through, we have a couple minutes left. This is one of our shorter versions of a podcast. Um, and I want you guys to get connected to all things Dana Shea Williams. It's the real relationship talk, right? On mm-hmm. uh, uh, podcasting. And is that your website too? Yeah, realrelationshiptalk.com. Okay. Uh-huh. okay, awesome. So you guys have the link in all the show notes. Um, but talk us through one of, one of your biggest breakthroughs when it came to coaching and our connection together beyond uh, just the automation. Yeah, I remember there was one particular time where, you know, the enemy, he's always going to try to, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. I talk about this scripture all the time, and he will accuse us to God, he'll accuse us to each other, he'll accuse you to yourself. And what that looks like is self-condemnation and feelings of unworthiness. And so even though I had done all of this work, I've been speaking for years, I'd done all this stuff. I still felt like I don't know enough. Like, I, I don't know if I can really like, I wanted to do the podcast, but when it came to like coaching, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I know enough. And there was this one particular moment where you said, you know, more than your average client. Like, even if you're one step ahead, you're still a step ahead. And that really spoke to me because I thought there are people that are coming to me that are in the world's eyes, way more successful than I am, make way more money, even have been married longer but yet they're seeking me out. And that used to play with my mind because I was like, I don't know enough. I'm not, I'm not, it's where I think I need to be. But then once I realized that I am actually a step ahead because they're coming to me. And so again, God is not going to bring them to me and then have us just staring at each other on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. He's not going to do that. He's already equipped me and us Mm -hmm. and everyone who's listening. He's already equipped us for what we need. And so I know I've been talking about like mindset shift, but like for me, it it was such a big breakthrough for me to realize that I really do have what it takes. It's not just some like rah-rah, you know, I'm going to pump myself up, but it's like really knowing that and believing that and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, I am confident I can do this. Like, God, you have gifted me to be able to do this. And so from that confidence, you know, I stepped out more. And the more that I stepped out is like the more that God would bring people to me. And so much so that I was like, all right, Lord, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm at capacity right now. I don't need anybody else, you know? So then just, you know, fun fact, when you get to that, then what do you do? You got to bump your prices up. That's right. right? Come on. Let's go. And so I'm in a really sweet spot right now. I really am. And again, I have goals that are, might not be somebody else's goals. You know, somebody might look at my business and be like, oh, you could be doing more, 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 more. But I'm in a season of my life. I've done the more, 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 more. I am a worker bee. And I am just at a season where I, that's not what God is calling me to do in this moment. There may be another time where he's like, all right, pedal to the metal, let's go. But right now I'm just enjoying where he has me. I'm enjoying being able to, to, to me, for me to decide who I'm going to work with and who I'm not going to work with. I was never really able to do that before because I was like, oh my gosh, I got a client. 
<laughs> and then, no, not that we should ever, but we can't stand the client, right? And we're like hitting our head against the wall. Like, why did I take this person? I knew there was a red flag on that intro discovery call. I knew I had heard from the grapevine that this wasn't the right fit. And yes. we do it for the money. But when you get to shift that and shift your mindset towards the fact that you're actually making a, a collective collaboration is what a client experience is. Mm -hmm. I learn and have received so much from you as a client, just as much as I have hopefully given to you, right? Like mm -hmm. this is symbiotic. If you're spending time with people, I hope you like them. Right. And I hope you like them enough that you're willing to actually not just give, but learn and be there present to experience because those people who've been married longer than you or those people who are more successful than you, they've got some tools and tricks and stuff in their pocketbook too, that they can dish out and actually serve you too. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's that reciprocal relationship that I love. Yes. And, you know, I think even as I was preparing for this conversation today, I'm like, you have taught so much, Tamara, by just more, you know, there's a saying more is caught than taught. And I think there's so many people who just watch your life, your joy, your energy, your genuine love for people, the way that you show up in people's lives. Like that's not going to be in anybody's business resource manual. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> but just being around you and just being um, a recipient of that, you know, mm -hmm. has really affected me and my business. So I want my clients too to feel like they're my friends and yeah. to feel, I don't want them calling me every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want them to feel like they can if, you know, if they, if they wanted to, but I do, I want them to feel like the money that I invested not only helped me with my problem, but it actually helped me to be a better person mm. you now. And so I just, I appreciate you for that. That means the world. Thank you so much. I, I really do love you. I'm so grateful that you're right here in my backyard. Uh, I don't like that. I can't give you a hug after this podcast like I could before, but I'm grateful that we got to pray together and just be together. And I am so cheering you on and sending people your way because what you do in the world does make a massive difference. Um, and this is to every single person, right? What you do makes a massive difference. The question is, are you willing to step out and do it? Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here on the show again. And I can't wait to advertise both of them. So people know the context of where you came from and where you are today. Dana, you're a gift. I love you. Thank you, Tam. I love you. Bye. I still find it wild to say out loud that I'm a two-time best-selling author and have three published books and more to come in the next year. Feel surreal and yet exactly where I thought I'd be. When I started this podcasting journey, Fit and Faith was a way to share my story, but I knew it had to be documented differently. In the process of my writing the entire story, I shared just one aspect in a women's devotional book called She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. I talked about my shame story, and the testimonies that came from that one chapter was the affirmation I needed to keep pursuing the whole story. The Bear All book that released last fall called Always Becoming, Sex, shame, and love. Gracie, I know. And not what you think you probably hear on a Christian podcast, but y'all, we have to start talking about the real things, the real conversations. It's no different than this podcast where we talk about the real things. It's the deep stuff. It's the true stuff that matters. And while talking about business is awesome and what I show up to do on a daily as a kingdom entrepreneur and business coach, it's only a fraction of the story. My second bestseller was released right after this personal development book as a business resource. It's called The Female Entrepreneur's Playbook and features 20 plus women gifting you their blueprints. 
All three of these books make up the most perfect bundle for the fellow female faith-driven world changer. That's you, I bet. So you can go to my site right now and get signed copies of all three. TamaraAndress.com. Yes, make sure you spell Tamara right. T-A-M-R-A. It's boring and exciting all at the same time because I stand out. TamaraAndress.com. Click on the book and get yours today. Three, all in one bundle. It's going to change your life because, well, it is mine. So let's be world changers together. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.